Hello, Pulse Check listeners. This is Dan Diamond, and welcome to our special Pulse Check series on the coronavirus outbreak and Politico's coverage of the pandemic. Today, I'm in conversation with my colleagues, Renu Ryasam, an author on the Politico Nightly newsletter, and dispatch host Jeremy Siegel. As the national death toll mounts and more and more states begin to reopen, we're tracing the contrast between national and regional responses on COVID-19. Here's our conversation. Dan Diamond, Renu Ryasam, hello, hello. Hi there. Hey, Jeremy. So, uh, Renu, where are you right now? I am in Austin, Texas. And when did you last get a haircut? Well, <laughs> I actually got a haircut a couple weeks ago when uh, Texas started opening up hair salons and other things very slowly. All right. So a fresh cut. Uh, Dan, where are you right now? I am in Washington, D.C., uh, where, where I am being crushed under my mop of hair to get ahead of your next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't think I have to ask you this because your hair and facial hair have basically become regular guests on this show at this point. But, but how long do you think it has been since that hair has seen anything like scissors? <laughs> We're going on maybe one or two haircuts for the entire year of uh, 2020. At this point, probably going back to January uh, might have been the last time I got a haircut. So at this point, you could probably audition successfully and get a part in a uh, community theater production of the musical Hair. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a fallback career if this public health reporting gig doesn't work out. <laughs> well, I think both of your hair situations really give a glimpse into sort of like the two realities emerging in America right now. And I want to get into all of that. But I think it's sort of worth taking stock first of where we are right now in this pandemic. And we've just passed a grim milestone, 100,000 American deaths linked to coronavirus. Dan, how does this number and where we are right now compare to where the Trump administration thought we would be, where they predicted we would be? Jeremy, it depends on which prediction you choose and what day it was made. In the early days of this outbreak, if you go back to February, go into March, the Trump administration largely was dismissing the virus before starting to take it seriously. After seeing some of these projections that epidemiologists, virologists were starting to bring to the White House, President Trump on April 10th. We're talking about death. We're talking about, about six weeks ago, said that the death toll could be as low as 55,000. Maybe it would have been two million people died instead of whatever that final number will be, which could be 60, could be 70, could be 75, could be 55. That has steadily been ratcheted up by May 8th. So two or three weeks ago, the president said that the death toll could be as high as 110,000 deaths or maybe higher. It's important to remember the White House, the president, are not making these predictions in a vacuum. There are influential modelers, disease modelers, who are bringing their projections to the uh, White House, who are publishing these projections widely. And the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation on Tuesday, they're quite influential here, again lowered their death projections from 143,000 or so to about 131 what that means is that analysts aren't seeing the spike that they expected to 
as some states began to open up. We, we need to keep in mind that these are moving targets. They're linked to evidence of behavior, new data, and that there are essentially 50 different outbreaks around the country. And each state is seeing a different trend based on local factors. Well, Renu, you're in Texas, which is one of the states that was well ahead of other places with reopening. Um, it started reopening parts of its economy weeks ago, which was a while before public health experts you know, said it was a good idea to do anything like that. I'm curious, what's it like for you being a health reporter and living in the middle of a state that's essentially bucked the health advice of experts? So I think, you know, Texas started opening a couple of weeks ago. We haven't moved as quickly as um, Georgia or um, or South Dakota, which has been open all along. Um, but you're de- definitely starting to see restaurants and, um, and hair salons and other places um, opening up and starting to take clients again. And I think what we're seeing is, um, as I think what Dan alluded to and what um, we're going to continue to see in the rest of the country throughout the summer, which is a lot of the trajectory of this virus comes down to personal behavior. And in a city like Austin, I think for many weeks, um, people took the public health guidelines they were given really seriously. When I went out, I saw people wearing masks, um, places were closed, people were really following social distance um, precautions and you know, staying six feet away from others if they are outside and people definitely being really careful in how they interacted with others. I think in the past week, I've seen a real shift, even in a place like Austin, where um, there's a lot of uh, thoughtfulness about how to implement these guidelines. My husband and I, our, our routine hasn't changed too much. We end up going out once a week on Saturdays to get takeout with our kids. And we were driving around and we saw a lot of packed restaurant patios. Um, a friend of mine told me she went to a restaurant to get takeout and the the inside was really crowded. And so um, people's behaviors are starting to change. I think some of that is the top-down guidelines that they're getting that are permitting some more of those um, freedoms. And then some of it is just quarantine fatigue, which we've read a lot about and I think we're all feeling right now as well. I mentioned, you know, that experts warned against the reopening early that we saw in Texas and some other states. Do you think at this point they were wrong about Texas reopening too soon? I mean, have we seen anything like a spike in cases because of this? We haven't yet. And I think a lot of that is because there's a data lag. And, you know, like we keep talking about, a lot of this comes down to how people behave. And so so right now we are seeing a spike in cases in the panhandle, which we've seen for a while. And that's because there's a meatpacking plant in that part of the state that's um, near Amarillo. Uh, we're also seeing an increase in cases in, in El Paso, which has... Um, of course, a really large Hispanic community. It's on the border. And you're seeing sort of pockets of increases. Um, There's a nursing home in a low-income zip code here in Austin that's seeing a real outbreak in cases. But it's too early to tell whether this broader opening will um, will actually show up in the data. And that's because there's a bit of a lag. So, you know, if I'm exposed to the virus today, it may be a week or so or two weeks before I show symptoms and then another few days or a week before um, I can get a test and get a result back. And then it may even take longer before the state logs that as a positive case. And then if you're looking at death data, it's going to take another couple of weeks before um, a person who becomes infected today, passes away, if that were to be the case. 
And we're seeing a lot of different states struggle with how they're reporting some of this data. Either they're not performing enough tests to really capture it accurately. There's been a mixing of what types of tests that they're looking at. And some of that is sloppiness. And some of that could be intentional as a way to make their numbers look better. We don't know yet. And so I think um, as, as we move forward, it's going to be really tough to tease out cause and effect in the data, at least in the infections data, because there's some real questions about data reliability. Dan, you mentioned you're in D.C. Uh, I'm also here in the Capitol, which has been under fairly tight restrictions. But I'm curious, when you hear Renu talk about Texas, how would you say things are different here when it comes to how people are thinking about reopening the nation's capital? It continues to be a hotspot. Uh, Tony Fauci, the infectious disease specialist, I, I know was warning lawmakers privately last week that the cases in Washington were a concern and and that this was an area of the country that had not seemed to get the outbreak under control. Trump officials like Deborah Burks, the top expert advising the coronavirus response in the White House, have said similar things publicly. But Washington officials are moving to start rolling back local restrictions this week. And this comes after them moving the dial on what they needed to see to make that determination. For instance, Local health officials in D.C. said they wanted to see 14 days of steady decline in new coronavirus cases before opening the city back up. 14 days of straight decline. That did not happen. Cases went up over this past weekend. But instead of starting the 14-day count all over again, local officials just pulled out the days that showed the spike so they could say that the city was still showing a trend of, of downward cases and could reopen. This is like me saying uh, that I got an A-plus on my math test if you just take out the five answers I got wrong. This, this is a Trumpian move, um, the, the monkeying of the data that public health officials have worried would come from the White House, and yet it's coming from buildings in the shadow. Of, of the White House and the Trump administration. There's also a lot of concern that the number of people who are coming back positive when being tested are well above the target that health officials have wanted to see. Overall, about one in four, one in five people in D.C. over the past number of months has tested positive for coronavirus when being checked. The goal is somewhere in the neighborhood of one in 20 people. Um, and while the positivity rate has fallen, it has not fallen to a point where public health officials are, are confident that if restrictions were lifted, there wouldn't be a spike of new cases here. Well, I mean, we were talking earlier about some of the models, and obviously they're dependent on you know how much people are following restriction measures or if there are restriction measures in place. I mean, do you think places like D.C., lifting restrictions? Is that bad news for some of these models? Well, again, it depends on what data we have available to see. And from some of the states like Texas that have lifted restrictions and not seen a massive spike in new cases, that gives virologists hope that people are practicing behaviors on their own that are helping slow the virus spread. I think what makes DC especially challenging is unlike some of these other regions, the virus continues to be very hot here. And I think the big difference you're seeing in places like Texas and places like D.C. is, um, you know, public transit usage here is really low. We have a train that 
no one ever uses and, and the buses are never very full. Um, and, and I think in a place like DC and places like New York, uh, public transit usage is really high and those can be um, a real hot spot for spreading the virus. And I think in DC for a lot of low income people who don't have the option of sheltering in place, I think the lifting of the restrictions could be even tougher on them as if, if the virus continues to spread and they don't have the option of going back indoors. And I guess that's true everywhere. That's true in Austin as well. Well, because of those differences you mentioned between cities, between states, do you think that means sort of what we've been seeing, this this patchwork of different reopening plans? Do you think that makes sense? Like, what are health officials saying about this? Is this the right course? This has been the argument that the Trump administration has been making for weeks, Jeremy, that the White House, the federal government cannot mandate a national strategy because the outbreak is so different. The needs are so varied depending on the community. I think there is some truth to that. The outbreak in Alabama, where cases are going up, is very different, seemingly, than the outbreak in Florida, at least for right now, even though they're generally in the same part of the country. But the lack of national coordination, national leadership, means that leaders, politicians, voters, they they can pick and choose what messages they want to hear. And that makes the United States very different than other countries that have been much more unified in what the measures would be, what messages were coming from the nation's leadership, even how supplies and testing was being distributed around the country. So this is the state of affairs, not just for now, but likely for the weeks and months to come. At the same time, it is a very different state of affairs than we're seeing in peer nations that have a much more unified response led by top officials. Yeah, I think Dan's absolutely right. I mean, whether or not that should be the case, it is the case. Um, And I think it's the argument you're hearing a lot in um, many conservative states as well, that what works for one part of the state doesn't work for another part of the state. And that um, that can be very true. But um, at the same time, you do need some level of coordination, um, uh, you know, on the federal level and on the state level to make sure that resources are being directed where they need to be directed, to make sure that testing supplies are up and available, and to make sure that you have contact tracing programs, for example, up and available. And I think I think so many times during this crisis, um, the choice has been presented about whether to open or not to open. And I think the reality is what we're seeing in other countries that have um, successfully managed this pandemic is you're seeing a really robust public health infrastructure in place, a lot of testing, a lot of contact tracing, um, and adherence to sort of personal behavior guidelines that make it possible to open. And I think the issue in the U.S. is we haven't quite gotten to the point um, where I think we can reopen without worrying about a surge, a huge surge in cases. We haven't in many parts of the country brought the trajectory down low enough. As Dan mentioned in D.C., they're opening up before they hit that 14-day mark. Um, That's true in pretty much every state in the country. I don't think any state has hit uh, those White House guidelines for a phase one reopening for more than a few days at a time. Um, That's according to a group called uh, COVID Exit Strategy that's tracking how different states are um, meeting those metrics, but still we're reopening and we're doing it without a lot of the public health infrastructure that actually should be coordinated on a federal or state level. And I think that that's troublesome. You know, at the same time, 
that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see a spike in cases and deaths everywhere because we, um, we're still learning a lot about how the virus behaves and there could be a lot of individual decisions that, that keep the virus from spreading as well. So it's a complicated puzzle right now. All right, that is our show for this week. I'm Dan Diamond. My thanks to my colleagues, Rainu Ryasam and Jeremy Siegel, for joining me. Our producers are Annie Reese and Jeremy Siegel. Jenny Ament is our senior producer, and Irene Noguchi is our executive producer. Subscribe to Politico Pulse Check on your favorite podcast app. You can help us by leaving a rating or review. That allows new listeners to find the show. You can follow Politico's coverage of the coronavirus in two daily newsletters. First, the Politico Nightly newsletter, authored by Renu, which sums up the coverage from every day. And then Politico Pulse, which I co-author every morning, which sets out what is to come on the outbreak and in health policy and health politics writ large. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode next week.